everybody. Welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks for joining us. We have a discussion show in store for you today. And I know what you're thinking. Guys, I saw your episode Thursday. Maybe you listened to it Friday. You guys have a lot of fun talking about Star Wars. But we also sometimes have some deep conversations. And we're going to have one today. And who's it about? Character called Ben Solo. Also, Kylo Ren. But the impact of his final encounters with Han, Leia, and Luke. So I don't know that we ever had this conversation this way, where it's the big three and how it impacted our main villain uh, and, of course, his redemption. But I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I like when we get into these conversations. So, uh, James Lacey, are you ready to talk uh, deep emotional levels of Star Wars? I don't think I can handle it. <laughs> I but thought Lacey's Lacey was gonna say ready. no because oh, of right, right, right. you know the Ben Solo stuff, but she's ready, so that's cool. I like that. I'm always ready to talk about Ben Solo. It's just me complaining the whole time. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Well, well, if we're talking about okay. his end, then yes, there's gonna be some well, some think... honest criticism and feedback. More of his turn from bad to good. I was going to say, this is more but... about his turn, I think. That's how yeah. I took it. It is about his turn, but it's about how it, like how his endings were with each character. Oh, sure, sure. I have and critiques. You know and we can leave it open where, you know, whatever you think his last encounter with Han Solo is, that's up for debate. You know, we can get into that too, but I'm excited to have that chat, but we have a lot of other things to get it's into that, before that. That's the character you chose because I thought, a different character was more ambiguous than Han. All right. Well, let me say this. Before we get into uh, the show, we have a great segment to kick things off that a lot of you are familiar with, I'm sure. Uh, we also have an awesome pod race from one of our great uh, Spice Runners, Andrew Staley, later in the show. But first, I just want to say thank you to everybody who uh, hung with us through the holidays. We took a brief break. Um, we had some awesome giveaways we announced last week. And we crossed that thousand mark on YouTube, and we're already heading towards 1100 and aiming towards 2000. So I just want to thank everybody who is joining us here in 2023. I think the three of us are very excited about this year in particular for us and Star Wars. Um, it's uh, it's like that fresh start. We started it at the end of last year, but it just feels like a new thing, even though it's still TRB. And uh, for anybody who hasn't yet, um, and if you're not watching, if you're listening, also make sure you're heading to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast and subscribe because not only are you getting the podcast, which maybe you're an audio listener. Maybe you're like, yeah, two times a week driving to work or I'm working and I'm, I'm I like you in my earbuds, but we have other videos that we're doing over on the channel. Um, star Wars videos, but also we're talking about other nerdy stuff that we're doing as well while still giving you the same amount of star Wars content. So anything else you guys want to pop in real quick about the channel? To let them know what we've got going on. James, obviously, you're going to be doing the reviews for Bad Batch, which are already yep. underway. Those are going to be constant all through the season. Yeah. 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 And uh, a lot of other stuff, right, Lacey? Like, uh, you, did, I mean, you were reacting to the, speaking of Adam Driver, like you did that uh, 65 reaction that a lot of people got a kick that out of. And was <laughs> so genuine. It was probably like the most unreal reaction I've ever done because I had no idea where it was going. So yeah. that was cool. Yeah. Uh, I did have a moment last week where Matt Adam Driver came up in conversation about something. I think he was in some trailer for the new Netflix movie he's in where he has like that really bad hairline. Um, <laughs> uh. 
And Matt was saying how he was so excited to see 65 because it looked really good. And he was like, oh, that's what Jurassic Park could have been, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want to see that, too. He looks really beefy. And Matt was like, I don't. All right. <laughs> Dinosaurs eat beef. So just no, he better not die. He has a thing for doing movies where he dies. I don't get it. I still got to see that movie where, where he did uh, like zombie hunting with Bill Murray. I don't know if that's right. any good. Oh, enough, but... yeah. Where he drives the uh, smart car. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, what else did we have to? Oh, uh, and for people who are on our Patreon, you know, we appreciate that support too. We'll get into more of that later. But thank you to all of our patrons who have carried on with us in 2023. Um, but let's get after it. Let's talk about some Star Wars before we get to our main discussion. James, we have a segment to kick this thing off, right? Yep. I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. Will of the Force this week is going to kick it off. Actually, it's not even just going to kick it off. It's, we're going to go the whole Will of the Force segment doing just Patreon submissions. Um, so all of our patrons get to submit topics, and we're just going to pull from everything they submitted. Um, well, not everything they submitted, but a couple of them. Uh, General Diana um, General Diana asked us, will Ashley Eckstein ever show up in a live-action Star Wars uh, endeavor? Uh, of course, not as Ahsoka, but probably a new character. But any chance that this real-life person is going to end up in a live-action Star Wars property by any means? Uh, Lacey, let's start with you on this one. What do you think? I've been thinking about this one a lot today because I, when I first saw the question, I was like, man, it would be really nice if they gave her a cameo in Ahsoka as someone else. Like, even as a moment where Ahsoka in, engages with her. But then I was like, oh, people are just going to complain. They're going to ruin it. They're going to say, oh, she should have been Ahsoka. Oh, this is, you know, look what they did to Ashley. So I want to say yes, because I want Ashley to have that opportunity. But I also think no, because I think she's just got a lot going on. I know she was on the set, but I don't know. I just don't see it happening because I think people will complain. I think there's just a lot of weight that comes with her. Rightfully so. She's a wonderful Ahsoka. Uh, but I think that there's just, I don't know, people are weird sometimes yeah. about that kind of stuff. I'm actually uh, 100% with you. I saw the question. And I thought, well, yeah, eventually down the line, the, the, you know, she'll be there. She'll happen to be there and they'll be mm -hmm. like, hey, throw this on or whatever. They, mm -hmm. they should offer it to her. They should, somebody should let her do it. She should take it. She should do it. That would be a cool nod for the fans. But then as I thought about it more, it did kind of feel like, A, what you were saying, but also mm -hmm. B, I'm not sure. I'm not sure really, truly in her heart of hearts how well this whole thing sat. And I think she in her mind built up that if she was ever going to make the move, it was well, like be Taylor Gray. Yes. Yeah. Sort of thing. And then when she didn't get it, she's like, cool with that decision. That's fine. But I think she's just she would be like, I'll pass sort of thing. I think mm -hmm. like on her own terms, she would be like, I'm I'm OK. Like, I don't you don't right. need to put me in. Something. And then she'll have the ability to say she said no. You know, it doesn't look like she's yeah, like trying it, so hard. Yeah. I don't even know if anybody would even come out and be. it would just be like a passing thing. Like I, I'm making a whole scenario, up, but like, Ashley, mm -hmm. put this on, be in the be in the scene or whatever. And she's like, no, thanks. And it's like it doesn't need to be a big thing. But I think she would just pass on that. Uh, she author. changed women's fandom fashion like forever. She's mm -hmm. she's done a ton for not just Star Wars, but fandom in general. 
that I'm sure she's perfectly busy doing other things. <laughs> yeah, she's she's cool. Um, John, what are your thoughts on Ashley Eckstein showing up in a live action Star Wars property? By yeah, I agree. I agree with you guys that she will not. Um, I think it, if it would have happened, it would have been a cameo in Ahsoka of some sorts, which I would have been fine with. Um, but in mm -hmm. terms of like playing a substantial character in live action, uh, I don't know that that would make a lot of sense because I think a lot of people would just see Ashley Eckstein or hear that voice, which a lot of people just immediately identify with Ahsoka. Naturally, um, yeah. So, and, and and maybe like you're saying, James, I don't want to you know make assumptions on what her feelings or anything, but maybe that's it doesn't interest her at all or something like that, and she has you, her place in the brand and and that sort of thing. So I, I don't think so. Do you guys remember the short-lived like game show that was like Legends of the Hidden Temple that featured, um, um, now I can't think of his name, uh, Ahmed Best. Ahmed Best, yeah, yeah. Jedi yeah. training or whatever it was. Jedi, Jedi training. like, yeah. Oh. Do you consider that live action Star Wars? Oh, it was Jedi Challenges, wasn't it? I think it was called I, I Jedi named, Challenge. Yeah. I named it like six different things in three seconds. <laughs> I was like Jedi <laughs> yeah. Academy, Jedi Hill Guy, Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Jedi. Yeah, Jedi. Um, what other things can go? No, I want to make you I want to make people delete things, their YouTube comment right now. Hang on. Of all things to change in that, I changed temple to jedi but it should have been legends of the jedi temple oh it's jedi <laughs> temple challenge oh okay oh, so, yeah, we're all, right. all wrong <laughs> yeah either way either way do you guys consider that live action star wars like because it's like technically legends of the hidden title yeah there you go um so if she were to do something like that like that's her own thing yeah i yeah why not have her be the host of the star wars show like no no that is not her coming into a star wars story right yeah yeah, yeah. Even though i know people argue that ahmed best is canon and blah, blah blah like it's not she's not stepping onto the set and walking into a cantina with the mandalorian that's yeah, yeah, yeah. action also i think sometimes that when they say like oh this is canon i think it's to like make people buy things more <laughs> like oh if it's canon then you gotta have it you know? I don't know. It just seems like it's the stamp of approval. Like they approve it, stamp, it's canon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That hotel's canon, isn't it? Which is kind of sad when I it say is. that because I love Vision so much and it doesn't have that stamp. So I feel bad when I say like, oh, it's a stamp of approval because clearly we all approve of Visions, including Lucasfilm. I don't. Yeah. That wasn't the right, the right way of word. saying that. But I do, I do think that when Disney bought lucasfilm and they announced that everything was going to be connected that was like the same as like what marvel had been doing and and probably somewhere there was like yeah everybody feels like they need to buy the next thing to stay up to date relevant with all yeah. of it and so i think i think you're exactly right john that the word canon is sort of a thing that they do to to keep people on board and and saying if you want the whole picture you got to get all of it it's a collectible yeah. thing yeah. Um, but moving on to the next one here, another one of our patrons, Major Julian Perkins. Uh, Julian sent us the question, will Feige be the one to bring the Mandoverse to the big screen? John, you're going first on this one. Any chance that we see Big Kevin uh, bring in the Mandoverse? So president of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, is still reportedly producing a Star Wars movie. Uh, he will not be bringing the Mandiverse to the big screen um, unless <laughs> big things get shifted around because 
uh michael waldron has said he's the one writing kevin feige's movie and poor michael waldron every time we bring him up i just think about it. kathleen's like i don't know what you're talking about and he's like what <laughs> yeah. Should I stop typing? Like <laughs> he's just at his house. Like, wait, what? That's a, she yeah. said it was a, a bit of a rumor or something like that. That's been hitting the head. His wife's like, Michael, did you see this this interview with uh the president of Lucasfilm? She says she doesn't know who you are. He's like <laughs> typing the, the movie as he's speaking, and he's like, and then he throws his Jedi robe at his opponent. What? Ah. <laughs> it just reminds me of the episode of The Office where Ryan comes back and Kelly's like, I'm pregnant. And then Ryan, it shoots to Ryan. Then it cuts to her and she's like. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> her head no, yeah. It's like he he like Michael Waldron looks at Kevin Feige and Kevin Feige's like. Nah. You're fine. <laughs> <But> You're fine. <laughs> Mando verse. Anything Mando is going to be written by Favreau uh, with Filoni. So they wouldn't just be like, all right, now we're done with the series. We're going to hand off the big finale to another person. So no, Kevin Feige is not going to be doing the culmination movie. If there even is one uh, of the Mando verse. Yes. I, d I also think you're right. I think the, the big thing there is like, if we didn't know about Michael Waldron, it would just be Kevin Feige. And you could argue that maybe Kevin Feige would like produce, produce and John Favreau it, yeah. direct or something. Well, the Iron like Man that. connection. Yeah. 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 And then you're like, okay. And like, if John Favreau wasn't part of it, then you could say, well, obviously, you know, Mandalorian was great and Dave Filoni was doing a thing, but like, could he do this? And, but the fact that Michael Waldron is there it proves that there's like, that has to be something else that isn't connected to this thing, which has John Favreau attached and has been very successful um, because he's enough to do all that. So um, I'm with you, Lacey thoughts on, on that. Are you with us as well? I'm definitely with you because I just said when John started talking, right. yeah. Michael Waldron's like, what, what do you <laughs> yeah. mean? I'm not doing this movie. So if, me... Again, I agree with both of you. If we didn't know about Michael Waldron and he hadn't come out and said, yes, I'm working on this, then perhaps I wonder. No, never mind. I'm not going to bring that up because it just totally contradicts what we just said. Never mind. Quick, quick, <laughs> uh, quick halftime. Will of the There's Force. another question out there. <laughs> Look for quick, it. Here's a quick yes or no. You can only say one word. Yes or no. Your gut feeling. So like a little halftime for Will of the Force here. As we stand here today, you can only say yes or no. Do you think the Taika Waititi movie is still going to come out? <laughs> you can only say yes or no using your gut right now. As we stand here today. No. No. Nope. <laughs> you I... didn't say yes or no, John. You said nope. Oh! <laughs> I Jordan Peele this movie. week. Yeah. You know, this past week was the first week of January. We're in New Year. So I just put up a casual GIF of, hey, remember when we were going to get a movie this year? And I got all these people being like, what are you talking about? What movie? You're an idiot. Like all this stuff. Being people like, what you about TV? Basically, yeah. In so many words. Without saying the word idiot, they said I was dumb. And I was like, uh, Rogue nice. Squadron? Hello? <laughs> that was supposed to come out this year. Um, yeah. Did you get? Did you get? Did you put up like, fansplained? I did. I did get a lot of fansplaining. What do you mean? Uh, what? Do, so the TV's bad? And I'm like that. Nope. Didn't you know what that. I do when oh, I get right. fansplained? Because especially if it's like when I know what they're saying already, I send that that Lieutenant Dan gif. <laughs> when Forrest goes, for a uh, Lieutenant Dan, you ain't got no legs. He's like, 
I know that forest. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Thank what, you. what uh what gift did you use, Lacey? It was actually it was Chewy just looking sad, like putting his head uh, against the when they close the the base and on yeah, off. Luke, the one yeah. I always the one I always see for that type of a situation is the Toby Maguire like that was today that was supposed to be today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I used an actual Star Wars gift, but it was amazing to me how many people first of all thought I was lying and that wasn't true. And second of all, thought I said that the books didn't matter, the comics didn't matter, TV didn't matter, all that matters is the movies. And I was like, I didn't what it was like a prime example well, that's of social Twitter. media that's Twitter. Yeah. yeah yeah you know like i like sandwiches and they're like how dare you not like pizza you're an idiot yeah. and you're like yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even say pizza don't you live Once. like an hour from new haven <laughs> yeah no that's you john john you actually do that to james when he was here you were like <laughs> what do you mean you don't like this pizza like you were literally well, that was that while guy. we were actually eating that pizza though <laughs> yeah but you just <laughs> use an example of you being that guy but the, the context applied, at least in my city. All right, let's move on. Jeez. Commander <laughs> Stephen Bowman. Oh, <laughs> Stephen. Stephen's so talented, by the way. If you love music, he's a talented mm -hmm. violinist. Um, he's also good at asking questions because he sent us, will we ever see the unknown regions in live action for the... Uh, wait, sorry. Will we... I'm not good at reading questions. Will we see the unknown regions in live action for the first time in the Ahsoka series? So, Lacey, this goes to you. Ahsoka's coming up. If we're looking at Thrawn possibly being involved. Right. And, and did Thrawn go? I can't remember. Is it he went to the Unknown Regions, right? Not the Outer Rim? So, I think as of now, we don't technically know. We just know that they're, like, right. gone. So, if they just show up in a, a random spot, there's probably civilizations nearby. So, you have to imagine they were teleported to Unknown Regions where, like, it was chaos and abandonment. That's that's what I thought. I get so confused because there's, like, so many different names for things. Mm -hmm. But also, um, Ron is from the Unknown Regions. Like, the Chase right, and right, all, yeah. their whole yeah. empire and everything. That's where mm -hmm. that takes place, too. I was thinking, like, technically right now, as we know of him with Ezra. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. I think he's in New um, Haven. Yeah. He's in New Haven. <laughs> eating the pizza. best pizza. <laughs> yeah. All right. Blue in the uh, face. All right. <laughs> um, I think we could. I think we could see them uh, in live action with Ahsoka. Perfectly said, Stephen. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. I think that if it's going to show up, it's going to be there. And uh, I can't wait to see what our jokingly draft folder for all the Star Wars writers <laughs> looks like in, in live action. Cause we joke that that's, you know, when they want to send a character away for a while, they're in the unknown regions. Yeah. John. Uh, I think that Ahsoka series is going to be weird. So I think that I like weird. Yeah. And so does Dave Filoni. So did you I mean... see total side tangent? Did you see the behind the scenes photo of what that baby head thing looked like in real life? Yeah, we seen that a long time ago though. I know, but I just saw it recently again and it is <laughs> wild. <laughs> you know what's funny? I think I think Pablo Hidalgo was like, it's in the movie for like three seconds. I don't care. Like... Did you see how cool the puppet is? Like it's on a track and the hand comes out. Like that was the thing that was supposed to give him the box with like the whole <laughs> JJ's JJ's in like the editing room and he's like looking at that clip and he's like, uh, that's pretty stupid. Let's cut it. <laughs> Neil Scanlon's like, my life's work. No, because that thing was 
awesome. Like <laughs> I, I just look at it and I'm like, this is what I wanted in Star Wars is weird stuff like this. Oh, and it got man. totally cut. Sorry, going so back Ahsoka's, to Ahsoka. Ahsoka's a weird show. Oh, yeah. And you know, he Dave Filoni is gonna be uh you know show running it, and we've seen how weird he can get with World Between Worlds, Mortis, and uh just weird characters and stuff like that. And he sent the droid he sent Thrawn and, and wherever they went on those Purgles, those whale, space whales. So why this would be a great time to do it. So I think it it would I think it'd be cool. I think it could definitely happen. So I'm gonna say, you know what, Steve? I'm gonna say yes. Yes. Um Will James be James right now? Go for it. No, I think I think you guys are probably right. Like it, <sighs> it makes sense to to sort of recap the audience on what happened right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like if you're going to introduce thrawn and you're going to introduce ezra um he, you might be give us this flashback and that could look really crazy on on screen like if they did the pergil oh thing God, live action space whales yeah that it could be could be pretty cool um the only thing that brought me in into question about it would be like it does the unknown region still exist outside or like in the sequel trilogy era. And I think it does because Starkiller base was in the, the unknown regions and stuff. So it's not like the, like Thrawn or the Chiss or anything like that have been made their presence known. Um, unless they just emerged from the outer, uh, the unknown regions and then went and were defeated or what, I don't know, whatever. But I think you guys are probably right that they'll probably show us like a glimpse of what that world looks like at some point. We'll say, I mean, actually, now that I think about it, we already got the answer, wasn't it? Starkiller base was in the unknown regions. Now that I just said that. No. You mean Exegol? No. Starkiller base. It was? Uh, I'll look it up, but let's move on and I'll try to find the answer. Let's but... move on. Um, either way, we're all in agreement that it could show up in the Ahsoka series. Yeah, yeah, you're right, James. James! Done. Dropping the knowledge. <laughs> I still stand by my answer, though. I, I think Ilum was, like, on the border, so it was, like, technically in, but then, like, they, I don't know, like, they moved it or something? I don't, it's weird <laughs> I didn't say. even talk Does about it. Have... it. Because yeah. it is Ilum that was confirmed in yeah. uh, the Survivor or not Survivor of uh, Fallen Order games, but it but it always showed up on maps like right next to Ilum, but technically it was in the unknown region. So maybe was not. I don't know. Too? Yeah, yeah, it's confusing. Um, all right, last question though. This one's coming from one of our generals, Mike Ramore. Uh, Mike sent over the question: Will Lucasfilm start expanding to other genres of movies outside of the established IPs like Star Wars? indie and willow and speaking of willow we are doing like a uh a, a recap I, was, a final... I forgot to mention at the beginning one of the best yeah. things we've been doing on the youtube channel has been the willow reviews i've been having a blast i know these guys have too but mm-hmm. talking about willow i love this series so much i it's can't good. wait to go back and rewatch. yeah mm-hmm. it's so good i've watched every episode at least three times and yeah. I think we're going to do something special where we're all three kind of talk- discussing about the final episode in the season uh, as a whole. So look forward to that. But as far as this question goes, um, John, what do you think? Will Lucasfilm start expanding to other genres outside of known property? Well, one, they have to, I think, if they want to. Um, I don't want to say stay relevant, but expand 
the studio and I'm sure Disney is going to pressure them to do so because one indie's ending for all intents and purposes. And then Willow, we don't know if that continues. Maybe, maybe not. I, I, I can't I I get a grasp of the ratings or whatever. I enjoy it very much. Um, and then you have Star Wars, which they're just still trying to figure out the movies. So they have to, but they need to get Star Wars back on firm footing on the theatrical side first. Like you can't, uh, what's that phrase? Cut off your nose to spite your face. Like you can't ignore your biggest thing for the sake of uh, trying something new. So I, that may have been the wrong analogy, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you have the, 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 the golden goose in front of you. You can't neglect that for the sake of like doing something else unless that golden goose is running on all cylinders. So you need to make sure Star Wars is good. You have new movies coming out. You're telling the future of the saga, whatever. But they at the same time, they do need to expand because of what those other two or who knows if there's even a future there. Um, and people are going to be like, yo, yo, you can do indie side things. Come on. You know, they said they're so, already working on one. I know, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, like that's the rumors that they're doing a spinoff. I think even if with they do, BB I think they Waller need Bridge. I think they they need the next. What was that? And uh, up upward, onward, that onward. onward movie. Yeah, was that was that Lucasfilm or am I just making that up? Strange Look Magic. Up. Strange Magic. Okay, yeah, I'm like. Pixar? Oh, onward! <laughs> onward was like the character was like dressed like the dad was dressed like George Lucas or something. Maybe I don't know. It was a nod to George Lucas, but anyway, mm-hmm. they need to do. They do need to keep innovating and doing new stuff because that's what George Lucas did. So, I hope so. I, I would love to see Lucasfilm do something else that isn't as precious as Star Wars. That can just be a new, fresh thing that we all experience for the first time together. I think that'd be really cool because we haven't had that in, since these came out. So. And we're talking 34 years ago with the last one, which was Willow. So we need uh, we need some fresh blood at Lucasfilm in terms of stories and stuff like that. And I know they were dabbling with things that I guess got shelved. But give us the next big IP. And whether that comes off of a loose leaf paper that was in George Lucas's desk drawer, so be it. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. But I, th- I do think they do need to. And I'm sure they're having those discussions. Lacey's thoughts? Yeah, I, I have to agree with John. I think that they can't just stay by what they know currently because, you know, their studio might been have been at a certain level years and years and years ago. But with stuff like Netflix and Apple TV and Hulu and Amazon Prime and all these other places that are now getting into this, doing Lord of the Rings shows, Stranger Things, which is a monster hit, Wednesday, huge you can't keep sticking around the same things. And while nostalgia has been working very well for some of the studios, like with the Ghostbusters and the Jurassic Park, and I mean, Avatar is kind of nostalgic, even though it wasn't that long ago, but it was long enough. Like, yeah, you can only kind of pull from that for so long. I would love to see Lucasfilm really get into more of the kind of fantastical creature driven stuff like they should team up with jim henson and do some crazy like puppet muppet type stuff because that's like dark crystal sort of thing like dark crystal exactly because i feel like the coolest stuff that always set apart the things in star wars and 
Indiana Jones and all those things were the effects that we saw that were very on the practical side. And Jurassic Park, which stood by with not just CGI, obviously, but with those real life dinosaurs that they're like, you know, touching and feeling. And Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like when I was watching Willow, one of the best things in that show was Kenneth, the Mudmander. I love that thing so much that it just reminded me of like, this is what made me love movies growing up. And I feel like we don't get a lot of that anymore. So I would love to see Lucasfilm kind of make some type of series or movie that capitalized on creatures like that. Like give people that are creative creative, and kind of, I'm trying to think of the word, like just a genius in that kind of creature building, like a Phil Tippett, like the ability to do what they're good at. Yes, uh, I don't like I don't weird. Disagree. Basically, yeah. weird. Give me weird. <laughs> I don't disagree with anything you guys are saying. Um, go. I mean, I my initial reaction to that is yes, they they should uh, because Willow's not gonna necessarily be around forever. Uh, Indiana Jones seems like you know they're already sort of phasing that out, but you know they might milk that a little bit longer. But when going back to Kathleen Kennedy's Investor Day thing, where she's got all the Lucasfilm properties behind her, there are fourteen properties there. Uh, and they're all Star Wars except for one Indiana Jones, one Willow, and then there was this other one called Children of Bone and Blood. Oh, and they gave um, that up. They gave the right Children of Blood and Bone, right? And the thing about it is they're not moving forward on that at all, but it wasn't an original property. It was something that they bought the rights to, and they were going to move forward with it. So that is is interesting for Lucasfilm because generally I think they're very proud of their original property stuff. So when they purchased the rights to something that wasn't their own original IP and they were going to produce it, I don't know what ended up stopping that from happening, Um, but it was a strange move at the time and it could be a glimpse into what we're getting into the future. Possibly Lucasfilm not saying like, hey, we have our original property stuff, but what we want to get into is choosing the right properties that have already been developed and we think we could continue to develop them. Mm -hmm. So well, you know, I think they, I, I say there's more also original stuff, but everybody yeah. says that, you know, what they might actually from a business standpoint do is start looking at properties that they feel like could fit in the Lucasfilm family and adopt, adopt or adapt those properties. Yeah. Well, because the other thing, too, is everything currently is still tied to George. So it's like, yeah. what is that next thing that's not tied to George and how do you make it seem like it's tied to George or what what would be a project that George would want to do? Because mm-hmm. on top of everything else, they are carrying on that legacy and they seemingly have been making choices in making decisions based on what he would have done, you know, or what he thinks would be a good thing to move towards with Lucasfilm. I mean, that's why they keep having him on sets and stuff. So. It's going to be interesting to see what comes next. Well, speaking of what's coming next, that's going to be the end of Will of the Force, and we are going to move into our next section. Uh, Lacey, would you like to take it away? Yep, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. All right. So this is the part of the show that we let our generals and spice runners take Part. We ask them a question, they give us our answer. But before we do that, there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, subscribe on YouTube, please. We're growing the channel there. You can follow us on all the social channels at TRB Podcasts, 
all one name, easy to remember. Um, or if you want more than that and you want to be a part of our community that we've built, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at just $5 a month, you get to be a part of our community. Like I just said, you get to be uh, a part of the show with the questions like we just had. You get to just take part in everything that we're doing. I keep saying part, but it's it's active. <laughs> Yeah, it's a thing. Um, but we have mailings and Discord server and much, much more. So first, before we get into Andrew, who's uh, answering the question this week, I do want to thank some people. So thank you to our generals. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Nick, uh, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Paul Sullivan, Aaron Ellington, and Diana. Thank you guys so much. And to our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. So Andrew's up. We love Andrew here. He is our celebration buddy. Excited to see him in London. Um, his question was, since you're going to London, Star Wars Celebration... Right. Which we will, uh, which will celebrate the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Yes, I'm so excited about that. Uh, what is your favorite scene or moment from the movie, and why? So, Andrew, take it away. Uh, the very end of the movie, when all the rebels are gathered together for the the final picture, uh, is my favorite moment. Um, only because it takes me back to 1983 when I saw the movie with my dad on opening night here in my town. And it was really special because uh, as a wide-eyed six-year-old, uh, to see a brand new Star Wars movie was uh, just something really special. And now to this day, uh, anytime a Star Wars movie opens, we always go to see it on opening night, uh, just the same way we did in 1983. So uh, that seems just always really special because of... Uh, all the uh, the main characters are there, and it just, uh, it's just a very uh, warm and heartfelt moment, So, uh, both for the characters and for myself. So thanks a lot, guys. Uh, a lot of, thanks for letting me be a part of the podcast, and I uh, hope everyone has a great 2023, and we'll see everyone at Celebration. Awesome job, Andrew, as mm -hmm. usual. Mm -hmm. uh, always great to see you and hear you on the show. So, John, what'd you think? Less than three months away, buddy. I can't wait to see you. Uh, so um, it's going to go by quick. So we're going to be hanging out soon. Uh, great answer. Um, it's funny when you say they pose for the photo because it's like, who took that photo? Like, <laughs> cameras. But um, it is a great moment because it is all of them together. It really is a conclusion to that story. It's a feel-good moment. And I like that you are still carrying on that tradition with your dad in your town, going to your theater and doing your thing with the new Star Wars comes out, which... We talked about it on Thursday. If a new Star Wars movie is filming soon, um, maybe in a couple of years, the tradition resumes. So uh, great job, as always. Can't wait to clang beers with you in a few months, man. And uh, thanks. Appreciate it, Andrew. James? Yeah, I would say this probably, this isn't my number one, but it might be like my number two. Like this is a really good pick, Andrew, uh, especially since like the way they've set it up it is burned in your brain is like, that's how the trilogy ended. Like everybody happy together, standing there all in one scene and it pulls out. Um, so great pick. Uh, and obviously the same thing I'm sure Lacey's going to say, John just said it. We're excited to see you in London and it's going to be an awesome time. So thanks for submitting the uh, video. Andrew, amazing job. Uh, your walls 
as always is impressive. I love that you have a framed TFA poster because TFA is <laughs> my fave. Um, and I keep saying favorite, but this might be my, one of my favorite answers for the Padres because the ending of Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars ending. I like how it ends. I, I think it's a great feeling. You walk out of the movie theater, like, you know, kind of punching the sky, being like, all right, we did it, team. Yeah. Like high fiving each other. Yo, fam. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> <clears throat> so I'm just hearing your answer was just so wonderful because it's exactly how I feel when, every time I watch it. It's just like that. I just it's just like a, a warm hug in Star Wars that like everything works out and no one dies. I mean, Darth Vader does, but no one like on the hero side really dies. And everyone's just kind of happy. We did it, team. Yay. Everyone's cool. Uh, because it did not end that way the movie before this <laughs> so to end on a high note is a is a great move for me anyway thank you so much awesome to see you can't wait to see you in person uh now we're gonna go to john all right it is time for this week's discussion obi-wan once thought as you do right he did but we saw how that turned out anyway this is not about darth vader this is not about obi-wan this is about the impact of ben solo's final moments with han leia and luke or you could say kylo ren whatever but the big three you know them you love them they might not have gotten a lot of time together in the sequel trilogy and the three were never on screen together once in the trilogy something that bothers many fans to this day fair argument But it is difficult to say that each didn't have a major impact on the story, including its new cast of characters, especially Rey and Kylo Ren, a.k.a. Ben Solo. But today we're focusing on Han, Leia, and Luke's final interactions with the character and the impact those moments had on his character journey. So what was their purpose? What was their intention? What was the outcome? And what were the after effects of those connections and moments? Um... So we've talked about uh, at length many times about Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, his redemption um, from speculating on it years ago to the outcome after the rise of Skywalker. But this is like sort of a different, more specific um, focus on it, which has to do with the three most popular characters, arguably, in Star Wars history being the big three, Han, Luke and Leia. And they all impacted this character throughout this trilogy. So um i i'm gonna start things off by saying i think there's two fair ways to look at the han thing um i think you could say his real last interaction with han was on Starkiller base and that's what he thought he needed to do to fully commit to the dark side and the moment it happens we see the look on his face when he feels leia feeling han's death and there's instantly this feeling of, oh, the, and I think in the book, they flush it out a bit by saying like, he didn't, he feel, he, he doesn't feel the way he thought he would after doing it. Um, he goes on though, down his dark path. But I would also like to add to the fact that I think because of the memory of his father was there, it was manifested on screen. I want to count that as well from my point of view, because I think that was the final thing that led to his ultimate turn to Ben Solo. Um, I think both his parents played a role there. Leia stopped him from killing Ray in her final moments. Um, and she called out to him with his real name, just like his father did in TFA. But this time she reached him and pulled him back. 
and then Ray heals him physically and emotionally. Uh, and then he has that moment though, where he's still saying, you know, you're Ben Solo's dead. And he's like, no, he's not Kylo Ren's dead. So he still has to come to term with his father in his mind. And I'm counting that even though it wasn't a, an actual physical confrontation. Now I'm okay. If you guys say, no, that's just in his memory. It doesn't matter. Um, but I'm going it from that point of view. Um, and let's just get into it though. Like, do you guys want to start with like one character or do you want to bop it around? Like, what do you think is the best way to do this? I do characters and then have okay. a discussion about each character. So do we want to start with Luke and then go to his parents? Is that Well, why don't you start with Han? Cause you just talked about Han. Okay. Well, the Han, the Han one's muddled. So I'll, I'll just ask you guys wh what you think about it. Do you consider the rise of Skywalker scene as viable? I, I do I don't, but I think there's, I think that ultimately what I'll say kind of proves that it sort of does because what I think what it is, is I think his last interaction, his last interaction with his father is what happened on Starkiller base. But because of that, that uh, interaction he has in rise of Skywalker is the repercussions of that initial action. Mm -hmm. or so, like also the thing that just drives him through the rest of the movies is the first interaction is what made him ultimately go to the good his redemption his father knew going out on there that he was forgiving him even if something bad happened yeah like i mean th just take it out of context like like just say like with my dad or something right like the last interaction i have with my dad if it w went one way and then because of that, I had this like memory and this moment that completely changes my life. Like, I still think that's because I had the last moment with my dad. So the ramifications of his last real moment with his dad led to this like fictional thing. But that is the thing that led to the, the closure. What you're yeah. saying. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it led to his eventual turn back to the light. So had the, the first thing not happened, then the second thing wouldn't have happened. But I don't, don't think considered his final time with his father. I think it was his first, the first thing was his final time. And I think it needs to be made clear that because there's a lot of people theorized like, oh, that was Leia appearing to him as Han. I'm like, that's sure. Like, that's that's strange to me to think that way. But uh, I think JJ deliberately made it clear by on two occasions during that encounter he says you're just a memory and han says your memory so what we're seeing is his memories of his father mm -hmm. so it is very real in his mind it's not him daydreaming of what would be it's him like thinking of his father in that good way for closure yeah, it's a call back to the beginning of the movie where snoke slash palpatine is saying that he's every voice he's ever had in his head so now that that's done the only voice in his head is his father's oh i like that I've not yeah. considered that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also that flashback, now that I think about when well, he's touching his own, Vader's helmet. Yeah. When he's touching Vader's helmet, he revisits that moment of Han screaming Ben. So it's that that's JJ early in the movie showing it's still that whole thing is still very in his mind and tormenting him. Yeah. And that's the one the thing, honestly, if you look at the trilogy, that is the one thing that is the constant thread, no matter who's writing the story or who's directing the story. Kylo Ren, Ben Solo's relationship to Han remains the same in every single movie. That is like untouched. Mm -hmm. Like that yeah. whole thing and who he is doesn't really change. 
So is that then what we see on screen is um, JJ allowing us to see inside Kyler Ren's mind in a way and his optimistic view of what his father would think of him knowing that he did the right thing in that moment, which is a huge deal for a lot of people who maybe, like you said, James, maybe there are people in real life and there's people who hate that movie who say that scene's their favorite scene. And I, I still get choked up when I watch it um, for sure. But I think it's us seeing in his head and him coming to terms with the fact that my dad would be proud of me if he knew that I finally made it right. And then he finally takes the lightsaber and turns and chucks it um, when he, you know, he can't say I love you and they do the Han thing and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you, James, that it's technically not the last um, encounter they have or moment together in in reality of the story. That's part of the tragedy, though, is that it's not. Yeah, that's that's yeah. yeah. But but again, but again, I'm sort of. I'm sort of like agreeing with it because it is like that moment is important because it's his father being the person that that helped him get to the light side again. So that counts sort of in a way as like the Han it's Han Solo that caused this to happen. But since it's a memory, I just have to be like, technically it feels like because a happened, then B happened. And B is a, a ripple effect of what was because of a, and that manifestation is, um them showing us like abrams showing us that he does have closure there's not that open-ended wound still him and emotionally. yeah yes yes yeah the writers yeah the the scribes <laughs> yeah um, um so anything else on han no i i think I, I agree with James. I didn't really get to say which one I agreed with. I agree with James. I think his last interaction with Han is in TFA. I think it's pretty obvious. It's like in-person interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the interaction in TFA sets everything off in motion for the sequel trilogy and then into that kind of closure, mental <clears throat> kind of visualization closure piece at the end. But um, when you see Han in TFA, he is very much like, he had already forgiven him. Like I said, he had forgiven Ben before he even went onto that bridge when he was talking with Leia and he's like, he'll never come back. You know, we've lost our son. She's like, no, he's still there. He wouldn't have walked out there if he didn't believe that, if he didn't believe what Leia was saying. Oh, I agree. As a parent, now that I can say that as a parent, you're going to forgive your kid. Even if they do terrible things because they're your kid. So when he goes out there and he hands him the lightsaber at first and he goes, uh, I need to do something, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. And he goes, will you help me? And he goes, anything. That moment is Han forgiving him for every single thing that he's done. Yeah. He just and holds him back. Yeah. every single thing that he then will do, which is kill him, <laughs> um, which is crazy to even say, but uh, it's shocking. It's tragic. It's jarring. But at the same time, it needed to happen to progress the movie forward and to make Harrison Ford do the movie apparently. So yeah, that's dark, that dark, that, that was his darkest deed that we saw, you know, uh, he, I honestly think that is the darkest thing that he's done in his whole existence. I mean, he's, he's slaughtered villages and stuff, but we never really got to see it. Like in resistance, they talk about it. He killed kids or whatever. And like the crazy, well, they say it, but they don't show it. Do they? 
that's what I mean. So in terms yeah. of us seeing it and being like, well, I'm only saying because in the comics they said that he slaughtered the the Jedi Academy and it ends up yeah. he didn't. So, uh, yeah, someone else and did. I that's what I'm saying. Like they don't ever show him. That is the one thing they show him doing. That yeah. obviously Wait, is that accurate. I thought that he didn't kill them. That was like a big thing. It was a big reveal. Like was he it? actually didn't do it. It was the Knights of Ren that did it. The Rise of Snopes. Kylo Ren. I, yeah, one of the other guys did it or something. Or he. Uh, it's 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 fuzzy. Like to it's me. not saying. Look, it's not yeah, saying that, that Kylo Ren hasn't killed anybody. That's not what I'm saying because we watch but, him murder people right in front mm-hmm, of us. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the Han thing uh, certainly um, for the first movie, which was their intention, we need to make sure we're selling you on this villain and what a better way to do it than have him killing Han Solo. So that allowed the character, like you said, to go on that journey to the dark side so that by the end, um, there is that big feeling of redemption. I don't think it's a journey to the dark side. I think it's the exact opposite. I think as you meet him in The Last Jedi, his mask is shattered, who he is is shattered. He was never fully dark. It was actually sending him the opposite direction. But it's still a choice that was made. It certainly was a choice that was made. So, <laughs> so let, let's let's get into the other two people because I think this is actually more where it gets interesting and vague. Like we started, you start off with Han, where we actually are having a discussion of what was his real last interaction, and we're debating between like something that kind of wasn't real and something where it's like actually physically present. Oh my I think god! Both now that I'm right, realizing though. this. Oh my God! You have Han, who's like a dream, Luke, who's a projection, and yeah. Leia, who's so, a voice in his head. So from this point on, he never actually physically interacts with Luke or Leia in the sequel trilogy. He sees oh, I Luke, disagree. He sees Luke one to one over the Force projection, and they're talking face to face, but they're mm-hmm. not in flesh and blood face to face. But we'll count that. That's the final moment we have to go with. Yeah. Uh, unless you want to say the final moment was when he pulls the lightsaber out and then they have the, the bout and he pulls the stuff that could no, be the final moment. He, because the everyone last saw time he was physical with Luke. Luke, was, Luke was on still crate. alive at that point. Luke was on crate. His no, no, body no. wasn't, he was there. Yes. I, but yes. I'm saying the crazy thing though, that I just realized in this moment was if you think about it, his last interaction with all these characters, they're not physically there. Yeah. He's not physically oh, yeah. with Luke. And then on top of that, with Leia, he never sees Leia face to face. He only ever speaks with her. And then feels the her in The Last Jedi when her. she's in the... She's near. Yeah. They know they're near each other. So yeah. it's like, from that point on, we... Oh like, my God. The debate is interesting because you could t- look at it as like the last time they were really face to face with each other. Or you take it the, the last time they... I don't... Yeah. As... Uh, can I just are still alive interacted with each I other? I think we're gonna get lost in the weeds if we get too okay, muddled right. on no, the technicalities. It's just interesting here. to discuss, I'm just like saying, as I thought a story. It was a fun topic because so that I'm means like, Leia, the last time she saw Ben yeah. was when she dropped him off at the Jedi Temple. Was the last time Leia uh, saw him? As far as we know, I, can yeah. I just? I, so when I pitched this, it wasn't when the last time you were they were physically. It was the last time they had a John, connection. We know. We're just we're just yeah, chatting about. We get that. <laughs> okay. That, well, the only thing we really have to go on is the last time they had like, this well, like, connection. Then... No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not what we're doing. We're just yeah. saying like that's nuts if you think about it. That he literally hasn't right. seen any of these individuals. Right. Yeah. Physically, I think for a lot of, of people, even on. me included, like 
I don't know that I just kind of maybe had it in my head that like, well, he interacts with Han in one, he interacts with Luke in the other and he interacts with Leia in the other. But it wasn't until today with this question that right. it made me think about Wait how that yeah. those interactions happened. And now uh, people say, well, we never got the big three on screen together. And it's like, okay, well, we also didn't get, we only got Kylo Ren interacting with one of them sort of in person and nine you know I, mean? I think nine would have been much different if carrie fisher didn't die i also agree with that yeah i think they could have switched things around for sure but anyway moving forward it's it's luke on crate that's the last interaction yeah gotta be right yeah yeah and like so luke's clearly there to um protect everyone and be this sort of diversion and stand down his his nephew and he does still say you know i'm sorry what i did but kylo ren is like in that scene is like shark with his eyes rolled in the back of his head and he ha he looks you know we've all been there we've all been to the point of no he, return when you're just so mad at someone it doesn't matter what they say he looks yeah and he's saying i'm gonna end it all i'm gonna destroy her okay, I'm gonna not destroy that far you. not that far but very angry <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he he's just completely uh fully entrenched in dark side here as he's seeing luke and he's seeing he's holding the blue lightsaber like every decision luke made was was on purpose and having the 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 darker hair for when uh he last saw him when when he was younger um all those things to like sort of um trigger that in him um but i don't know like i don't think luke showed up there to like save him so uh, i think he showed up to save everybody else much. yeah I know some people think that he did. So the Luke one is is challenging for me because it feels unfinished. Um, because even at the end, he says, I'll see you around, kid. And then he never does. Um, so I don't know. I have a tough time with the Luke one. So I want to hear what you guys have to say. I have John, a tough time What are you going to say at the end of our final Luke? episode? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Same thing. It's just, a, it's just a nice way to say goodbye. Yeah. Um... um well, okay. So Luke, I agree. He wasn't there to save Kylo Ren. He was there to help Leia and to help the crew because Ray had said so much to him of like, we need your help. I'm here to get you. Like, we need you. And he was like, there's nothing I can do. What do you expect me to do? I'm not going to do that. And then obviously he has that kind of standoff with Ray in the rain where he's just, she's just like, look, are you going to help me or not? And then she goes, okay, then he's our only hope. Like I'm out. And she leaves like his intention as in Luke was never to go there to save Kylo Ren. It was like you said, John, to stall, to stall, apologize and see where it went from there and kind of know show that the, that the Jedi aren't over. Because Yoda's like, she has everything she needs. She's just got to go be there. You know, so he, he was that final push. It was his final kind of, again, I'm <laughs> I'm stating this from a stance of like not agreeing with the character, but uh, it was his final kind of like, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to save people. But yeah. In, but the crazy thing is, is that he is standing up against someone that, like John said perfectly, is triggered by his looks, by his actions, 
and by a memory that is so clear in his mind. Like that's not something that goes away when you wake up in the middle of the night in such a vulnerable state to your own family trying to kill you. Like that's not exactly a great memory that you're going to be okay with for the rest of your life. So we know that drove him to the place that he's at now. So he was never going to forgive Luke there. That was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I think the in- interaction is very interesting. It's very tense, but it does what it needs to do to show Kylo that he can act like he's the big bad guy and he can put this big front being like, I'm going to destroy everything. But at the end of the day, when you get so blinded by certain things like anger and hate, you miss what's right in front of you. I feel like Luke Um, knew that and he stoked those flames in him. Yeah, totally. So I think I, I think I agree with what you're saying about why Luke showed up to save Leia and Poe and the rebellion and and Ray and everything. And because if you think Leia does, Leia does, they call out for help and no one answers. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Rogu calls out. No one answers. Who shows up? Luke Skywalker. Who shows up? Luke Skywalker. (laughs) I think that to me, though, one one aspect and it's not it's not um, to go against you. I think it's it's maybe just to clarify that that relationship between Luke and Kylo Ren. I think that Luke for a very long time. And this might be a little bit of a weird way to say it, but like, I think Luke was always saying the light side will always win. The light side is good. And at some point, Ben started saying, no, the dark side is right. The dark side will always win. And because of that final interaction, uh, Luke sort of proved to Kylo that, Kylo was right because the dark side did end up taking over Luke. And from that point on, Luke was like, crap, what am I doing? You know? And I think from that, which point interaction on, you're saying at the school. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, that proved to, 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 um, that proved to Ben that the dark side could win, could triumph over the light uh, because it even took down his uncle and that it was more powerful and all this. So he starts going down that path and he's having victory after victory. He's moving up in the first order. All this stuff is happening. He's at the top of his game. But but you know how the dark side is like, why isn't it right? Right. You know, and I think Luke was struggling with the fact that he had lost that argument for a long time. And when he finally meets Ray, he kind of is convinced that the light side does win. The light side can win. So he comes back and he says to, to Ben, I'm not here to argue with you. I'm not trying to say the light side always wins, but because the light side always wins, and that is a fact that I believe now, that's why I'm here. I'm not here to argue with you, but I'm here to make it true because the truth is the light side will always win. That's why I have to be here right now. I think one thing that was important... And that makes the dark side angry, right? Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that, but I understand what you're saying. Um, when Ray gets to the island and Luke's not expecting her, he's wearing his white, optimistic Jedi robes, and he immediately puts them away and changes into these dark robes. And then as soon as she leaves, he puts them back on. And that's Ryan Johnson telling us like Luke never stopped believing in the Jedi, or he and he remember him freaking out about the books. He it looked like 19 year old Luke again. 
Um, it's just that he felt like him getting involved, he had like this PTSD thing. He was going to make it worse again. He, he didn't get over what he tried to do, what he almost did to Kylo Ren. But then I think that moment when he connected with Leia and she when she was in her like coma and he goes, Leia, and then he sees her and she says, my son's gone. I think like during that connection, he felt like he might be at the point of no return. I got to go to protect everybody else. I got to at least do something here. I can't just sit here. And so that's, I don't think it was necessarily just, I'm going to go ruffle my nephew's feathers and stand him down. It's like, it was sort of like the Rose line, which is like, I got to protect these people, you know, and Mm -hmm. however I have to do it. I think that's the main priority of why he showed up. Yeah. But in terms of its impact on Kylo Ren, uh, the moment he realizes that Luke wasn't really there and he just yells at that scream and stuff that begins the deconstruction of Kylo Ren because he thinks he's got it all and he thinks he just beat Luke Skywalker and boy, was he wrong. And then it, from there through the end of the rise of Skywalker is like, I think that moment when the realization begins the, the deconstruction of Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Adam driver mm-hmm. playing Kylo Ren on crate is like an acting masterclass. <laughs> Of anger, like it is like prime Adam Driver. We we need is, to yeah, pretty gnarly in that one. Matt yeah, we had to go said, get Leia. The, but, I know, but the scene that he's like uh, more, more, and he's just screaming. Matt Martin had once tweeted that he was like, "You guys haven't even seen the outtakes of that because I guess they just let Adam go <laughs> for scene, like yeah. hours, <laughs> yeah. minutes, I, or something." So I was like, I, "Oh, release the release the Adam Driver cut, release the anger cut." Yeah. To me. To me, to wrap up that that Luke idea is, and I'm still going on the same point that I was going. I think that at, that is the moment then when when Luke shows up and says, "The light, I'm here because the light is the right way, and the light will always win." Sort of thing is that that's the moment when he he loses. He basically loses to Luke in that moment, and I think that's when he starts to question his ride on the top, like he's been on the top for so long. And when he loses to Luke after all this, after having thought he defeated him years ago and was above him, he's now below him again. And I think he's rethinking that moment causes him to start to rethink like, Oh, why did I choose the dark side? Like if the light always wins, why am I on the wrong side? Like I lost my Mm -hmm. master. I've lost Ray. I've lost Luke. I've lost my father. You know, it's like everything starts adding it up. And I think like Luke is proving that point that the light can defeat the dark. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Leia, it's a quick moment um but it's leia again sensing the conflict that's happening on the wreckage of the death star and basically just gives the rest of her life life force in an effort to connect with her son to save ray and she reaches him and it's all the music stops the sound stops because the loud crashing waves and everything it's just such a violent scene and then like a vacuum all the sound gets sucked out of the room and you hear her say Ben and how they pulled that off. I thought was incredible. But the fact that he turns and looks back as though it's coming from a certain direction, it is a little like physical in that sense. Cause he, he wasn't just like, where's that coming from? He looks back and he's like, she's calling from him from a direction. It's so powerful. And the fact that she connected with him, uh, I thought was like, what a way for Leia to go out. Like she gave the rest of she, the rest of what she had, in her life force to to reach her son finally. And I thought that's powerhouse. 
Yeah. I, oh my God. Each one of these moments, I have, I have to say, I have this feeling of like, what if? And this is probably the biggest <laughs> sure. one of what we could have gotten with Leia and Ben if Carrie Fisher was still around. Because I think that if we're talking her physical kind of being with Ben, if you look at the, the movies, then The Last Jedi where she's in kind of that control room and he senses her and they have that back and forth there is so perfectly done of like kind of between Carrie Fisher's eyes and like her reactions and then him and then someone else shoots and he kind of panics. Um, like it was just building to some epic reunion for episode nine, right? So like while this was really great, I, c I can't help but wonder like what if, but that being said, um, I do think it was a great way to to have that relationship kind of end. Um it is a little confusing because you don't see him with her at the end. So it's kind of like, okay, she waited for him to die because then she disappears when he disappears, but like right. doesn't, you don't see them together. It, there's a lot of questions, but uh, the reaching out to him uh, to save him in that moment and to save Ray, I think is a great way to not only save Ben, but also save Ray and Ben's connection and their relationship. Um, because they were just going to keep going until one of them got destroyed. So she was kind of saving both of them uh, by stopping him. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and a great point, James, I want to bring you into it, but a great point uh, again about that her body did wait for her to make sure that he found his peace first. Like she was waiting for him to may almost even show him the way how to become one with the force. And as soon as he disappeared, she disappeared immediately thereafter. So that's no question what they were doing there. And that's, you know, you can arguably say that that's maybe the final one, you know, as they transfer <laughs> into the force. So, yeah. So to two things about this is I, I think that had Carrie been alive, I think that maybe the story of the movie would have been a little bit different and things would have happened. I think they physically would have been together at some point. I don't yeah. think they would have, though. That's the one thing that I think I I have a feeling that they still would have connected over the force and it would have been Kylo Ren defeating Rey and uh and and princess leia like stopping that from happening over the mm -hmm. over the course of the force mm -hmm. over through the force or something mm -hmm. uh, and that being some some way that she passes because i think they were going to kill her off the character well, really? what happened. no i know no i know i'm saying i think that would have still happened oh okay that would have yeah. been the thing things would have happened maybe differently in the story but i don't think they would have met in person i think that was ultimately the the goal that she was going to be the the thing that broke Kylo Ren, mm -hmm. but 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 breaking him isn't. So the other thing I want to say is I think that the reason I like the three of them and their last interactions is um, is that with him killing Han, he was proving that he was doing the right thing, but he was starting to question it. Right? He he knew Dark Side's the best. Boom, kill this guy, and then that started to make him question it. Then he gets to Luke and and it's like they have a conversation like, am I doing the right thing? And Luke goes, you're not doing the right thing. I'm telling you, you need to be over here. And so he's like, oh, crap. OK, well, now how do I get over there? Carrie goes or Leia, like I I'm the way back kind of a thing. So I think you have the light side version or uh, the dark side version of Kylo Ren. Then in the middle, you have the questioning 
I've now realized that I need to make a change in my life. And then at the end, he says, but how do I fix all the problems that I've had? He has this like salvation moment. She's the angel. She, he, she kind of like solves that problem for him. Like, just stop, just be the next person, you know, kind of thing. And that goes back to his interaction with his dad as well. But I think that when you look at the three of them, that's the way I see it. The last interaction with Han is bad. The last interaction with Luke is like a change of heart. And then the last interaction with Leia is like his salvation, his his coming home. And if you call the TFA his last one, all three of them died at, immediately after their final reaction with him, their final interaction with him. Yeah. Which is also <laughs> crazy in itself. So with all, all th for all three different reasons, they died. You know, Luke was giving all of his final life force to stop him to protect everybody. Leia was giving all of her he's, final life force to he, save him. He's sort of at fault for all three deaths. And yeah. Right. So, but, uh, and then what he, what he did to Han, of course, but again, I still, even because it's a story, I still yeah. like the fact that that final moment with Han, in my opinion, is their final moment for me. Um, but I mean, we can expand on this further, but Lacey, what do you have to close this out? This whole conversation is so depressing <laughs> for me. Oh. Like I, I love these characters so much. So anytime you talk about like final moments, you just kind of get like that feeling of like, oh, these movies are done. These movie, these yeah. characters are over, and there's like this sadness. And now I just want to go watch TFA again, so that I feel like, no, it's just starting. Forget all the other stuff. It's just beginning again. Maybe, maybe for a future like uh, Patreon watch along, we like like watch this these scenes. It doesn't always have or to. Or we like just a... talk about character introductions instead of their ends. <laughs> No, or, or I could do that and then you could do the introduction and then yeah but anyway um, there's a lot more we can definitely talk about this and we probably will in the future but we are up on time um, because uh, breaking the fourth wall we have we have to go live shortly for an episode so uh, but I want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB uh, it's going to be a great year we are very excited uh, I know sometimes people feel a little down about Star Wars and stuff, but if you still love Star Wars and you love having a good time talking about Star Wars, we got you. So come come join TRB, and we thank all of you who have in the past and all of you who have just started. Thank you. Um, so make sure you do subscribe, as Lacey said, to all of your preferred platforms. Rate us. Get on the YouTube channel. Subscribe. All that stuff. And Patreon. And uh, let's have a great year. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey. And my movie podcast, just like the movies, we are coming back this week. I should have an episode out tomorrow on The Town, which, by the way, uh, Jeremy Renner, get better. Uh, James. Get better. Oh, yeah, get better. I got it. I thought you were saying his acting was bad. <laughs> no, right, he almost died. Me. I know, I know. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. James is like, Jeremy Renner, I hope you feel better, but just be a better actor. More than <laughs> You're like, Jeremy Renner, Get better. You know uh, what I mean? Splice <laughs> that clip and cancel James yeah. Bainey immediately. Yeah. Lacey. Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. All right. We will be back with you. Uh, we are going to do a Willow recap. And then, of course, we are going live Thursday again for TRB Live. But we hope everyone's having a wonderful week. We hope your New Year's off to a great start. And we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>